Welcome to a special short episode of the ABC Music Talk podcast, the show for anyone interested in the music industry. As I was editing the episode with Alex Kane, CEO of Volta, I decided that a couple of sections from what was already a long interview could be taken out, as they were less about Volta and more of a general chat that Alex and I found ourselves in. But I thought they were interesting and should be heard, so that's what's coming up. The first is one take of Alex explaining how the chat window works with Volta. As mentioned in the main interview, we were recording in his office. As the recording was done in the evening, both his COO and CTO needed to leave to go home. So we had to begin this and a couple of other questions again. But this version of the explanation was different to the one that was in the main interview, but it's worth hearing, especially as it's about a current event they have planned. So the the chat interaction is obviously your current kind of new thing that you've just come up with that you're now trying to work out what else you can do with it and probably build that into a version of the available product yeah that's right uh the the actual the the first kind of scaled up use of that will be coming up actually on june 7th we're um we're doing a, a showcase with uh machine drum in New York on June seventh, and and you will be able to actually have some amount of control over over the event in real time, and you know the logic that's built into the chat window will be you know fairly uh, fairly rudimentary but interesting for for what it is like the the video that we sent you, um, it just shows kind of this one to one. You do a thing in chat, and it has this effect. But there's there's so much there. Um, there's so much uh, opportunity for getting people to act together, right? Like I could say, uh, if someone types in ABC, then you know the chatbot can read back out ten more ABCs, and then there will be this big particle explosion. Mm-hmm. You can get people to you know sort of work together or sort of you know, kind of rival each other in different ways. Yeah, and when you right, when you right, kind right. of control the the visual output of a whole world, you can you can imagine uh, what that sort of unified interaction can can look like. And so um, June seventh will be the first time that we roll this out at scale, which will be interesting for us. And uh, you know, there's there's many ways in which it could, uh, you know, there's, I'll just put it this way. There's many ways that we can learn from it, uh, both in positive and negative ways. Um, and from there, you know, we will be doing more of these events over the course of the summer, kind of bigger, higher profile events, some festivals. Uh, and, and by the end of the summer is when we're trying to roll that feature into the product for anybody to use. Yeah. Um, and then, because because I guess what I mean, because uh, what the the video that you showed me has uh, certain keywords that are being used to create certain visual effects. That's right. And so there's uh, almost like a bit of a learning curve that any viewer might need to sort of go along, I suppose. Yes and no. Uh, one thing that that was kind of a, I guess like a happy surprise. We we built we not only built that functionality. We we. Pretty much had to build a chatbot that could read the the keyword, 
And then essentially what the chatbot does is it turns it into a MIDI note, sends that MIDI note back to the computer running Volta, and then the artist can assign what that MIDI note, what effect that MIDI note has on the world. So if you wanted, like I said, I gave the example of ABC, if you wanted ABC to have this, you know, infinite ripple shoot out from the middle of, you know, the scene, then you put the element in Volta that has that, has this sort of ring effect. Um, and then you just assign that, that note to, to do that ripple out. This next segment is about a range of deeper thoughts we were both sharing on the subjects of advertising, interoperability in Web3, smart contracts, and the legal framework of NFTs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's one of those weird ones, isn't it? I think people do know that the adverts are bad and we all get annoyed by them. And they're quite scary when, you know, you've just been searching to buy a lawnmower. Then all of a sudden, every advert you get in your Instagram feeds about lawnmowers. Or if you just or say lawnmower and yeah, then it pops up on your feed. That's a really yeah. freaky one. And we all sort of, I mean, I, the amount of conversations I've had with people, we're, we're sitting there just going, oh, I hate this. And I'm sure I've turned Siri off and I'm sure I've turned this off. Mm-hmm. And it still happens. Yeah. Still happens. Yeah. It, well, uh, I've read up on, on, on this as well that like, you know, your devices have to be listening to listen for the keywords to turn them back on, mm-hmm. right? So by their very nature, even if you say, well, it only listens for this one thing, mm-hmm. it still has to be listening, Yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, which is, which is, yeah. Yeah. You have and, fun and, in Alexa here, and, is well, I guess what I'm saying. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and it doesn't matter how many times somebody says, oh, but it's only uh, listening for this, this, and this. To your point, you like... I, I just don't believe you, big corporation, government mm-hmm. X or whatever. And it's just, but we, we're all stuck in it. This this is the world that we're in. There's, there's very little you can do. Yeah, I, I do think that, you know, there there are sort of uh, big, you know, uh, collective attempts to kind of move away from that. Like, you know, the, the promise of Web3 mm-hmm. for all of its, you know, for all of its potential benefits and pitfalls, um, you know, it 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 came out of uh, a place of of wanting to take ownership of our lives back. Um, whether or not it's executed well uh, is a whole different question. Um, I, I I am concerned that, despite the fact that it's in its very sort of infancy at the moment and therefore being driven by those that want everything you've just described i worry that it's not going to be accessible enough for anyone to really participate in without actually involving large organizations that have made either hardware software experience you know whatever or you need the the expertise of a service company and ah uh, it just feels like it could go the same way yeah i think i Cause think this is what happened with the original internet right i mean you know it, yeah i mean i think that there there's yeah a lot of truth to that um and i don't know how far down the existential rabbit hole you want to go but one other uh this is kind of taking kind of a meta step even further back from that is um, there's this concept that a friend of mine 
um, told me about that there are certain forces in in nature or in the world uh, that they themselves act as kind of a form of artificial intelligence and capital is one of them that um, capital will always find a way to propagate itself mm -hmm. um, and and in many ways we as humans have become uh, a medium for capital to continuously propagate almost uh, okay. that's going down a very different path. Yeah, no, sure, um, sure. It's, it's a fascinating thing to think about um, that we are now sort of used for this sort of larger force. And I think, um, to your point, that, like, you know, Web3 has a lot of promise. Anything revolutionary always does. Uh, but its its execution is what matters. It's not even, the you know, the devil's in the details. The devil's, are, the devil's in sort of like some basic ideas you know, I think we like to think that we have control over things if we can write something like a smart contract. Um, but there's there's a few issues with that. One is, you know, it means that by virtue of using the word contract, you're you're um, you're kind of suggesting that you have the the faculties to write a contract. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and and whether or not you know if you don't write good code or something like that. And you have to both be able to write good code and you have to be able to write the logic that you really want to happen into that code. And you have to see the potential negative externalities of what that contract would look like at scale and wrap, bundle all of that into a few lines of code is one thing. But then, <laughs> but then if you kind of look at an example of how, how that collides with the actual legal system mm -hmm. of the world that we have now, mm -hmm. um, that creates its own separate set of problems. Mm -hmm. Like, um, like, uh, an example that I can think of is the Board Ape Yacht Club. Uh, I think there is a recent issue around whether or not the the people who own their Board Ape uh, own all of the commercial rights to it. Mm -hmm. And I think Board Ape Yacht Club is saying that they don't. Mm -hmm. And naturally, if you buy something, you, you know, you would assume that you own it in its entirety and you can do whatever you want with it. Mm -hmm. And so, so, um, you know, that hasn't been considered or, or anything like that. And, and the thing that, you know, the, I guess all of that just needs, it's, it's hard to figure out what to do with this because the, the, the aspirational nature of web three is to be decentralized right um unregulated mm -hmm. and if you don't have a way to regulate it then who's to say who's right in that circumstance well so, so much of it unfortunately straddles back into the real world you right know, you you know you you want to even if you are the artist and you want to do something in web3 that's really creative with your recording you don't necessarily own that recording not really because a record company has you know uh, paid for the creation of it and it's under license for a period of time or that's right i mean and and this this whole um what can you actually do with your uh your your picture your gif whatever your nft was that you bought board ape or otherwise uh, i saw a reed smith uh seminar on this last year sometime and they were like yep probably in the terms and conditions of the website says what you can and can't do. Did you read it? No, of course you didn't. Right. Because you bought it and you thought, I own it. The same thing happened with CDs, right? Yeah. Every CD that was produced, in, at least in the UK, had in the center of it 
saying don't use this for commercial use right and whoever read that no one did yeah i mean and it's and and if you are building a company uh based on i mean regardless of how of what the the goal of the company is you you have to base it on laws that exist in this world and so board ape yacht club are naturally going to write a terms of service that you know prevent them from any sort of like legal responsibilities in some ways and also sort of ownership of, of, you know, legal benefits in others, which implicitly means that when, you know, the, the commercial rights of a smart contract collide with the actual legal system that will, you know, mean that someone has to pay a fine or go to jail when those things collide, which one takes precedent? Yeah. It's probably the one with the real world consequences of paying a fine and going to jail. <laughs> yeah all day long yeah no fascinating um i and i think we should probably uh, not go too much further on that but yeah i, I can I go think, too I, I far down the rabbit hole that in that direction uh for a drink down the pub sometime this last segment is a short commentary alex shared after i'd originally asked him about other projects he thought were interesting it was just before he talked about pixel links in the main episode. And again, I thought it was worth sharing with you all here. You kind of see a lot of things like you either see like the avatarization of, of an industry, right? Like trying to put everything like when, when you think of gamification as a virtue, you end up putting everything through the lens of like, what does a game look like that we can think of a game should look like? And you know, there's a space for that, for sure. Um, the capacity, I mean, there's there's not just space for that, it's, it's massive. Like, you know, I know he's now somewhat disgraced, but look at the Travis Scott Fortnite thing, it's 200 stadiums worth of views uh, over the course of a couple of days. Like, there's clearly um, the demand for that when it's, it's built into kind of the gaming world and, you know, it, the, the thing that's up for debate is whether or not, you know, if you're not starting from a gaming world, but starting from a music world and trying to gamify that, whether that will be successful. If it is, um, you know, there's, there's no shortage of companies uh, out there that will probably see a lot of success. Well, I hope you enjoyed those little outtakes. Let me know on Twitter or Instagram if you did, as I might try and do more of them as the opportunity arises. My handles on both platforms are at Alex Branson. And don't forget, if you do like the show, please leave that five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, as always, for listening.